You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com and you can save $20 on your order by entering the discount code 9FINGERS. That's the number 9 followed by the word FINGERS. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking with returning guest Chad Coleman. And he owns 8 acres, but he recently purchased 32 acres across the road. And this podcast is dedicated to that decision that he made to purchase that property, what he has done between the date he purchased it in January to now, what his expectations are for the upcoming season, and a variety of other topics that revolve around food plots, habitat work, uh, putting in some water, the terrain and lay of the land, and and, uh, again, what his expectations are for this upcoming season. So it's a pretty uh, kick-ass podcast. Now, before we get into today's podcast, we got to do a commercial, right? And today's commercial, Wasp Archery, man, they build some badass made in America broadheads. They're tough, they're durable. I've killed a handful of animals with them over the last couple years, and uh, man, they they do the trick. And especially when you're getting pass-throughs through large chunks of meat and bone and tissue that means that not only is the the arrow has some to do with it but that means the broadhead is doing its job as well uh getting its butt kicked as it goes through that animal and then coming out the other side and still being in really good shape so if you want a durable strong pretty much the same thing but durable strong made in american broadhead you definitely need to check out the mechanicals and fixed blade broadheads that wasp offers at wasparchery.com and you can save 20 percent on your order your purchase so 20 percent off when you enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you will save 20 percent so Enough of the whoring out, enough of the jaw jack, and let's get into today's podcast with Chad Coleman from Missouri. All right, everybody, on the phone with me now, Mr. Chad Coleman. How are you doing today, Chad? 
Great. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing good. So the last time you were on the podcast, you were accompanied by your son, Houston, and uh, we talked with him and you about his first rifle kill deer. And the first question I have for you is, was he successful this past year as well? Yeah, yeah. He uh, actually, about a week before uh, rifle season opened here in Missouri, um, he actually shot a, a pretty nice uh, eight-pointer here uh, near near our house here. And uh, the the uh, next week during rifle season, he actually shot a really nice, another really nice, uh, probably three-and-a-half-year-old eight-pointer. Oh, nice. Pretty nice. And that was uh, on uh, the eight acres that we own near here. So. Oh. Cool, cool. So uh, he had a what sounds like another successful season. Yep, yep. He did really well. Cool. Yeah. So uh, if for for those of you guys who are listening out there right now, there's a podcast we did. Oh man, maybe a year and a half ago, I think, um, with Chad and his son Houston, and they talk about his very first ever um, uh, rifle kill with a uh, or a deer kill with a rifle. Uh, really cool story i i highly recommend it uh so if you uh if you want another good podcast go back into the archives and check it out but chad how was your 2007 17 season not too bad uh archery um i i shot a doe i never did get a buck n- nothing that i wanted to shoot anyway um and uh with a rifle i did uh off my little piece of ground i did get a pretty nice uh nine point so he was uh, probably four and a half year old deer so oh nice um so not too bad so off this eight acres that you uh that you own you were able to harvest a couple good bucks off of it it sounds yes yep we we harvested two and saw several others actually oh wow so and and that's what we're going to talk about today is this you you recently purchased 32 additional acres near the eight acres that uh, you already own. Now, before, yes, yep. before we get into the purchasing of this 32 acres, I want to zoom out. So pretend we are on that eight acres on Google Maps. And just a reminder to everybody, uh, this property is in north, northwest Missouri, right? Yes, that is okay. correct. All right. So I want everybody to, I want you to imagine um, we're on Google Maps and we're focused in on that eight acres uh, of ground. I want you to zoom in or, or zoom out all the way so you're kind of in the, the entire area. So maybe a couple sections uh, of, of neighboring farms. What is the terrain like? and the the foliage ag and whatnot in that area describe that the the terrain features in that area that you hunt well the the eight acres actually uh, lays in uh, what they call the lowest uh, mounds um, um, and it's a very steep terrain uh, in in very steep terrain Um, just out from there i'd I'd say it's uh, rolling hills okay um, out, out from that area, uh, a lot of timber uh, near me, um, and probably five and a half to six of the, the acres on on that eight acre piece is, is actually timber as well. Um, um, but uh, it actually lays uh, 
and a pie shape. It's, it's a triangle. Um, the widest part is actually near a, an old blacktop road, and it uh, goes up and over the top of a, of a ridge. So there's a ridge that runs through it. Um, across the road, just a little ways, there's a creek that runs over there as well. And it's a really thick timber um, on that side of the, of the road also. So so you have a couple acres on, or you have acre acreage on both sides of the road? Is that eight acres? Well, uh, the eight acres lays on uh, one side of the road. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, I uh, now I do own 32 acres on the other side of this block. Okay. So. so on this on this eight acres that uh, that you owned before this per, the purchase of the 32 acres, what's good about this area? Because you've already talked to us a little bit you know, in, in just the intro of this podcast about the quality of deer that you and your son have both harvested off of this eight acres. Now, when it comes to eight acres, you know, mm-hmm. eight, eight, eight acres is better than zero, but it is yeah. still, I would imagine, hard to manage when you're talking about trying to do a, a large scale uh, habitat improvement like hinge cutting and uh, maybe some timber stand improvement or food plot. So is, are the neighboring farms really good property or do you kind of have, let's say like a pinch point on your property, a travel corridor, or maybe some really good bedding? Well, um, a little bit of both, no, no uh, real, real thick bedding on that eight acres, but uh, um, it's kind of a combination of almost everything that you said the, the neighbors are good. There's not, uh, I think, uh, one major thing that, that con- contributes to the uh, quality and the number of deer around there is that uh, uh, there isn't a lot of uh, at least rifle hunting pressure around there. Okay. Uh, you know, I've used to hunt uh, <laughs> hunt other places in Northwest Missouri and uh, my grandpa's land and uncle's land. Um, it's about north of here quite a ways and uh boy you would you'd hear you know opening opening rifle season you'd hear you know 40 shots probably with within uh, hearing distance but uh you know there you know we're lucky if we hear maybe one or two of the last probably five rifle seasons so right. Right. Um, um neighbors are good um uh, I, there are a few people that hunt near there but uh, they're fairly, uh, you know, particular in what deer that they take as well. Um, but uh, uh, not an overly, uh, not a lot of, of rifle hunting pressure. Gotcha. Uh, so also, one second, one second. You So okay. not only does that neighborhood have low pressure during the rifle season, but it sounds to me from like what you, from what you're saying is that they do practice some kind of management where they're not killing every deer that walks by the stand yes yep okay that that is correct now is this is this a conversation that you've had with them like because a lot of people um in i talk to they're like yeah well i talked to my neighbor and they i said hey man i'm going to try to pass these three-year-olds or these two-year-olds or whatever and i'm only going to go after a certain age class and some are on board and some are not. Did you ever have a conversation with the neighbors about that? Uh, well, I've talked to the neighbors, not seriously about, you know, about that. But um, I do know 
um, a couple of the neighbors, uh, you know, fairly well. Um, and uh, the ones that aren't selective aren't honestly aren't real uh, serious about hunting. So, mm. you know, uh, uh, they may come in at eight in the morning and leave after 30 minutes, some of them. So, gotcha. so you know, it's um, uh, and, and they may only hunt, you know, two or three days out of the season gotcha. um, on one side of us. Uh, the other side, um, when I first bought the, the eight acres, there were tons of hunters in there, uh, for the first, oh, couple years. And it really was, uh, disheartening, but honestly, they pushed a lot of deer into my little eight acres. Um, okay. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, since then, uh, the, it changed, changed ownership. And the, uh, I know there are a few hunters that hunt on it and they're pretty, uh, particular. In fact, I believe there's like a, uh, there's 192 or 193 inch deer shot in the farm over from me last year. Oh, wow. Um, maybe a three-year-old too. So, um, but, um, uh, you know, as far as the small bucks, I, I, uh, don't believe they shoot any of those. Gotcha. Not that I'm aware of. Anyway. So it sounds to me like the the neighboring properties are kind of all bigger acreages i mean they're not just a whole bunch of little eight acre pieces like yours right no no there's a 190 acre piece um on one side of of the property um across the road there's a 21 or two acre piece that's about the smallest there's a couple 60 acre pieces that border borderless as well so yeah most of them are larger uh no huge huge areas but uh you know that's definitely the smallest little piece that's that's in there gotcha um so uh, so then with with that with that eight acres right i mean do you have access to hunt any of those neighboring farms um i do not have access okay so with that said, then I take it like, how careful are you on that eight acres? I mean, do you go in there? Are you running trail cameras? So you know what's in there. Are you waiting until the rut to go hunt? Do you have food plots? Talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we actually, there, we have a small house on that eight acres that my father-in-law lives in. And, uh, I do have, there's about a, well, acre and a half, two acre opening where the, the little, uh, I'd call it more of a cabin. It's a one bedroom, um, just like a little cabin, but uh, he does live there. He helps with the grandkids, but, uh, uh, he sees deer almost every night gotcha. out there. Uh, and I believe they're so used to him being there that really, you know, um, I've, I've walked or parked there in the, the driveway before deer be up in the alfalfa, a little al- half-acre alfalfa plot I have just up from the house, and they just stand there and look at me huh. or just trot up to the edge of the timber and uh, stay there until I go inside, and then they'll come back out and, and start eating again. But uh, uh, just up from the house there, though, on the on the opening, there is uh, – I've got about, uh, about a more like a third-acre alfalfa plot, uh, down from the house, um, uh, I actually have about a, a half acre of uh, beans that I plant almost every year. And that is a, uh, 
a magnet in the late season. They really hit it hard, um, especially this last year when it was so cold. There's uh, highways going into that little half acre piece of uh, yeah. of beans. Did uh, uh, do you put up a fence to keep them out during the summer months? Then I do not, and they do browse on them some, but uh, they still get you know waist waist high or higher, and to put on a lot of pods. So I've gotcha. never really had had them hit it that hard that. Uh, you know, I didn't have plenty of late season food. Right. What's the um, What's the deer quantity there? Not necessarily the the age class structure, but I mean, is there a lot of deer in that area? There are several. Um, not as thick as some areas, but you know, sometimes you know, like in the late season or early season, that we may have oh eight nine deer at a time up in in one of the food plots eaten uh usually it's like three or four but uh, there's several uh doe groups that bed uh near the property on, on different sides right um and of course over the years <laughs> you know, have it long enough you can really dial in on that so um but uh i would say it's a medium i would call it a medium deer density i do run cameras actually uh, all year long um on the, on the property um and I switched to mostly cell cameras. So. Gotcha. So is your, uh, I mean, other than your, your father-in-law, I mean, does he go and tromp around on the property or does he kind of just stay close to the house? No, he stays close to the house. He doesn't, uh, walk around a lot. He, he has some heart problems and whatnot, but, uh, gotcha. uh, yeah, he, he doesn't do a lot of, uh, walking in the woods or anything like that okay so it's pretty much untouched until you decide to go in there yes okay all right so now we've talked about that eight that eight acres uh we talked about the surrounding um the surrounding neighborhood so to speak now talk to me a little bit about this 32 acres that you recently purchased in january was this something that came on the market? Was this something that you knew was going to be up on the market and you kind of went to the landowner and said, Hey, I'll buy it from you before you put it to market or auction or, or how did this piece become available? Well, that uh, particular piece um, has actually been on the market for almost three years. Okay. Um, and I went and looked at it initially and, uh, actually called the real estate agent that, that had it listed. And, uh, I, you know, for, for 32 acres of timber and hill ground, uh, um, it really wasn't worth what they were trying to sell it for. Right. But as time went on, you know, I, I'd go up there about once a year and take a look and, 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 uh, here just, well, it's probably December. So I thought, well, what the heck I'll, I'll call uh, the, the price dropped on a uh, two or three times yeah. online, you know, I went to the real estate agent's uh, website and uh, I called the uh, listing agent who I uh, was uh, acquaintance with and, you know, said, you know, are they pretty serious about selling it? Or I said, honestly, I, I just don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to spend even what they're wanting now for it. And uh, he said, well, make an offer. They're, they're really wanting to sell it. So, um, Honestly, I just uh, picked a number and, and threw it out there, and, and uh, you know I, what I thought was reasonable for that type of land, 
and uh, they they ended up taking it. So oh, nice. that's how I came to, to came to get that piece grilling. Nice, nice. So then you after you know, I guess after it sat on the market for a while, um, you know, being a deer hunter, a hardcore deer hunter like yourself, very serious about it. Did it? Did you see potential in in this property, or is it? the only reason you didn't buy it was because the price. I mean, did it have everything that a deer hunter wanted on this property or did you know that you had to put some work into it? Well, honestly, I've been looking at some other properties as well. Uh, Quite honestly, I've been looking at, you know, anything from 10 acre parcels to 40, 40, 40 acre pieces, uh, other places. And, you know, I was trying to, decide if I wanted to uh, get something nearby what I already had or if I wanted something totally different, you know, a totally different part of, uh, of the county uh, um, to hunt. And I, the, the property across the road from the, my current property, I knew one thing is uh, the neighbors were good. I knew that. Um, and uh, there wasn't a lot of hunting pressure. And, and quite frankly, I went and walked all over it a couple times. Um, it would have been December, you know, looking at uh, sign from last year. And uh, it, it's, it's a good piece of property, but I could see potential in it to be a, a great piece if put some work into it. Right. It's uh, basically been uh, sitting idle and just... Uh, grown up in timber for years gotcha so break down this 32 acres for us well it's uh, uh somewhat of a half moon shape um it's not a perfect square uh but it lays on top of some lowest mounds as well uh one thing that i saw about it that could be a bad thing but uh, honestly i think it's going to be a good thing after i thought about it was it is bordered by i-29 in the interstate on one side now it does stair step up so really a deer would have to work to even go down it to get to the interstate uh, most of the length of the property but um but it does um you know border border the highway on uh, it'd be the east side yeah but um actually the west side sorry but uh um, i am actually going to use that for uh, part of my access um if he stops just south of that you can um, off the interstate there yeah i can actually access a couple of the stands that i already have set up um easily and if there's a north wind um you know it will be blowing out actually over the highway so they're used to all that um human activity i guess over there in the vehicles gotcha but uh it's kind of crazy because i I had a buddy who found this little piece of property it was no more than i want to say it was about a 40 acre piece but it, it bordered a an interstate just like what you're talking about but it was like a 20 year overgrown pasture which just grew up real thick and nasty and then basically uh-huh. what basically what happened is the deer used that as a bedding area to the let's see 
for the egg that was on the opposite side. So there was the interstate, this thick strip of 40 acres. It was real long and narrow. And then a, Uh and then egg fields on the opposite side that they would use. But down in the bottoms, like it kind of all funneled down into a low spot. And it was, it was some crazy bedding. And there were two booners that were living in there. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Yeah. um, I've, uh, you know, since I bought it, you know, I've put several cameras up and, and there are a lot of uh, doe groups. I haven't seen a lot of uh, good velvet bucks yet on there, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Last year on that eight acre piece, I didn't see a, a lot, not not as near as many as I usually see of uh, good bucks. But uh, um, honestly, it was the, one of the better seasons that I've had as far as uh, getting closer to the rut. I saw more good deer last year than I think I've had since uh, 2009 when I purchased it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the 32 acres, like I said, I, it's, it's good right now, but it's hopefully it's going to be great here. You know, by the time I get done doing uh, improvements I've done or and, uh, plan on doing anyway, but uh, there was some, uh, I, I believe they harvested the walnut trees out of it about, I think about nine or 10 years ago. And, uh, that's a couple benefits to the uh, property in that where they did do that, it really grew up thick. I mean, it is thick now that it's greened up. Um, it is crazy thick in, in there, which is good. Um, and also they made three logging roads that I can access almost all the property. If, if I'd happen to, uh, get a deer or whatever, Instead of uh, hauling it up the mountain, I can actually get to it with an ATV or whatnot if, if I if I need to. So, you still there, Dan? So then on this so then on this property, is there a big kind of from from where the highway lays it sounds to me like it goes steep it's really steep up and then kind of gradually goes down on on the other side is that accurate yeah yeah it goes um steep up most uh, like i said most of the length of the property by the interstate it actually stair steps up okay so it's probably oh 15 20 feet up and then goes over and then another 10 15 and goes over so it would be hard even for a deer to go up or down that. Okay. But, so are they, um, do you think they're going to be using the, that, the flat part of that stair step, like as cruising routes on whatever wind it is that blows over that? The top portion, um, of that, I almost guarantee they are because of the trails that are on there right now. Gotcha. Um, I, I, uh, when I was looking, I found a really, well-used trail on that that section and uh i did find just down from the pro or up from the property north of the property um there's an overpass over the interstate and there's a big the rest of the uh, lowest mounds are on the other side of the interstate where they cut the interstate through well there's a path that goes uh from the other side of the interstate underneath that overpass and then comes up on my side of the of the interstate so um i set a camera up there and there's groups of five five to ten deer that uh, travel that quite quite a bit that gotcha. have to uh, travel back and forth so gotcha so as it stair steps up 
Uh, I mean, is it thick throughout the whole thing or is there a spot? Is there any openings for potential food plots or uh, uh, have you done any hinge cutting since then? Or uh, do you have kind of a a mental picture of maybe like what you're going to do in a year, what you're going to do in five years and so, so on? Yeah. Yeah. I've done quite a bit already. Um, One of the first things we did is that be on the, uh, uh, northwest side of the property, uh, Houston and I cleared about a quarter acre um, spot, and we're just kind of letting it grow up and uh, you know, get thick. But uh, we did place a stand near there, um, which is near the trail that I was talking about that that uh, comes from the other side of the interstate. In fact, that's where um, I have my trail camera located. Um, and then up from there, there, there's a road that goes along the west side of the property and actually goes up to, there's a, uh, it's not a cell tower, it's a, a radio tower on it, actually, that is really another benefit because they lease that from me, and it makes about half the payment for the, for the farm. Oh, wow. But, uh, uh, but uh, um, near that tower, there are, are locations that I have actually... Um, I frost seeded some clover and uh, chicory in about half acre uh, clear cut there that that we had for, for um, a light line. They actually came in. It was probably in November of last year and and uh, cut all the brush and stuff out of there, which actually worked to my benefit. So um, and then the other there's another half acre that goes down towards my eight acre piece. It's uh, across the road. It's steep there as well, but uh, before it gets steeper, it's about half an acre, and I planted uh, some Whitetail Institute um, um, power plant, and it is uh, doing phenomenal, actually. It's going to be – it's thick, and I wouldn't doubt if they're not bedding in that. So, gotcha. Um, that's where currently, and then uh, towards the future, in fact, here within about three weeks, I have uh, a guy coming in with a dozer, and there's some old uh, junk trees where it's been cleared out before. They're just – Oh, I'd say small to medium size, uh, oh, uh, black locust trees. And I'm having him come in for a day and clear, oh, probably about an acre, acre and a half, um, for some additional food plots. And, and, uh, I've kind of uh, constructed those to be, uh, you know, to my benefit actually, or whoever's hunting, hunting that spot. So, right, right. um, but, uh, yeah, there, there is, some area that I can do food plots, but quite frankly, probably about three fourths of it is going to be more of a sanctuary than anything. Okay. Um, and uh, towards the eight acre uh, food plot that's across the road, it would be to the east. Um, there uh, are two different uh, ridges that go off the, the main ridge, and in between those, there's you know, I did. Uh, quite a bit of hinge cutting uh, to thicken it up for for bedding, um, and then the snow there in January. I saw where some uh, some of it already been bedding in there, but um, I opened up some of the timber to make it even thicker. And uh, and I know it's working because I was standing on the eight acre piece looking across and actually saw four does uh, come out of uh, where I just uh, did the hinge cutting probably a month prior to that. So, gotcha. um, so, so do you have, do you have tra- uh, trail cameras already on this 32 acres? 
Yes, I have uh, two regular trail cameras, and then I have two cell cameras. Okay. Actually. So, since you purchased this 32 acres, have you and done your habitat work? Have you noticed uh, an increase in deer activity, or is that 32 acres holding more deer now? I believe so. I I don't know whether I've seen a um, this quickly. You know, I don't know whether I've seen a huge increase or not, but um, there's definitely um, at least two doe families, maybe three that I know of that are living living there. Um, I've got you know pictures of fawns and does and, and whatnot. So um, I know there's there's a good quantity of deer living on or near. Uh, that 32 acres. Okay, cool. So you've done, you've done some food plots, right? You've, so you've got the food cover covered. You've got the, uh, cover covered. Um, now what about water? Um, are you, do you have any plans to put in any ponds or anything like that? Actually? Yes. I, I, um, just a little bit ago, I went and got a couple of uh, totes, um, uh, you know, the 200, 200 gallon totes, and I am actually going to make those into uh, small watering holes. Uh, I'm going to do two of them, actually. Um, one up near where the food is, and then one at a, a location that's actually between. Uh, where a bedding area is and, and that food. So it's, they're kind of on opposite ends of the property. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I do plan on, uh, digging that out and, and making some small water holes. So the water that you're introducing onto this property, is that going to be like in the pastures or is that going to be in the timber? Well, one location will be at the edge of the timber, just outside the timber. And then uh, the one on the northwest side of the property will be actually back in the timber just a ways. Okay. So then what do you think the benefit of adding these water sources is going to be? Well, I've heard uh, that, uh, you know, you don't have to have a big pond or anything for, for, you know, water holes for deer. And that, you know, any the way I look at it is any – you know, anything that could possibly stop them, you know, long enough for me to get a shot, you know, is, is worth putting in. Um, and uh, I've heard that they really heavily use them after, after amount of time, a lot of the, uh, uh, people that I know. So, um, you know, anything that could possibly benefit okay. the, the property as far as deer hunting. So. Okay. So now you've got the food, right? You've got the water. You've done the the hinge cutting, uh, some or some of the other habitat work on this farm, and I got to ask the question: How much did this farm cost per acre? This thirty two acres. How much did you pay for it? Well, it was right around uh, two thousand dollars an acre. Okay, so two thousand dollars an acre, uh, and on top of that. How much money have you put into it? Because you've done a lot of work, right? Uh, the food food plots aren't free. Uh, some of the you know the time it takes to do all this other habitat work, and you also mm-hmm. mentioned that uh, you got a bulldozer coming in. Uh, what's that going to cost you? Uh, 
Well, so far, I probably spent in the neighborhood of probably eight hundred to a thousand dollars and a lot of sweat equity um, to to do what I've done so far. Um, The dozer, I think it's only going to be six hours of work probably is what the dozer operator was estimating, and that's going to be about one hundred fifty dollars an hour. So uh, you know, yeah, so. that's probably what I'm going to spend uh, this year on my budget. So um, I am looking, you know, looking in the future, you know, to do some other things and the big expense, I believe. And and, uh, I, I haven't uh, made up my mind yet, but I think I'm going to get some either some type of a tower blinds, uh, at least two of them to put on a couple different spots on, on the farm for, uh, as much as anything for um, my younger kids that want to go hunting, you know, yeah. um, I've yeah. got several other stands, but uh, those aren't going to be cheap, but uh, that, that'll be down the road ways. So. Right. Right. So what are your, so what are your expectations going into this upcoming season? Because you've, you've got the property, it's fairly new and you've got, I mean, you've put a ton of work into it, which, I mean, have you, have you seen a direct, you know, direct results? Are, are you seeing more deer on the, the farm already? Well, really haven't had time to um, really notice if there's, there's that many more deer. I know there's, there are several deer utilizing the property, several doe groups that I, that I know are on there. Um, but uh, um, I really don't know what to expect this year especially you know because of all the uh, pressure that you know that's been on it uh, doing the work but uh, you know i really feel that you know the the most benefit is going to be i'd say two to three years out when when you can you know really see uh, a direct uh, benefit and increase in deer numbers and quality um hopefully you know yeah uh, yeah. Um, on the farm. So, um, and you know, honestly, I'm not, you know, trying to manage for booners. I, I'm realistic, you know, right. um, but, uh, uh, you know, good deer hunting, you know, that's what I want, you know, a better try to get, you know, I, I'd like to shoot a four and a half year old every year or so. Um, but you know, realistically probably managing for three and a half year old deer plus, is is realistic and you know i shot one off the eight acres it was actually seven and a half is what my uh, taxidermist told me by the the jaw wow so you know i'm <clears throat> trying to do my best but i'm realistic too that you know owning you know basically 40 acres um you know you can you can only do so much but right but with good neighbors you know i'm pretty optimistic so right so what's your five-year plan then i mean you you mentioned that you know, in three years or, or five years, uh, you're, you're hoping to have a, a great farm, but what are some other projects that, uh, that you plan on doing between the end of this year and, you know, throughout that next five-year period to really set your farm up for something great? Well, um, probably one of the things is you know it's thick now but really some of the uh undergrowth is, is starting to get big you know like uh small oak and, and uh, hickory trees uh really probably it needs to be uh 
some of those need to be trimmed out here sometime in the next two or three years, I would say, because they're not really going to be doing any benefit, you know, once they get so big. Um, I'd like to do, uh, and I don't know when I'm going to do it. It may be next, next year, next, uh, you know, January, February, I'd like to go, uh, do quite a bit of edge feathering possibly some more hinge cutting, but, uh, quite honestly, I didn't want to do too much too soon before I, you know, see, you know, see what it, it, it has right now. So, um, and basically, you know, once I get all the improvements done, just, uh, um, learn the property, you know, learn, uh, the exact, tr- you know, where they're traveling to and from and, and, uh, get a better idea on at least three of the sides of the property where the bedding areas are. Right. So you have, you have trail cameras out there right now, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Have I you, do. have you noticed with what you've done so far an uptick in deer movement or, um, long story short is, is your property holding more deer? Yes, I, I have seen a change in their travel patterns just since I've, I've owned it. Um, they are hitting the, uh, some of the beans that I have planted there uh, really hard. And I mean, grazing them very hard actually. So they are going to the food. Um, it's a lot closer than any other food source that's nearby. So I figured they would, but, um, um, I'm just, you know, I haven't really moved around the cameras enough to know exactly where they're coming from, you know, from and, and to on the, on the property yet. I have an idea, but, but uh, nothing's for sure. So, Right. Right. So my, one of my last questions I have for you is I think I, I kind of get how you're, you operate and obviously eight acres is good. An additional 32 acres is better. Do you have Uh your, I mean, maybe in the next five years, 10 years, however many years, do you have your eye set on some additional property? Maybe, maybe either in the surrounding area of where you're, your current property is or outside that? <clears throat> yeah, I, well, I always kind of, um, keep, you know, keep my, uh, eyes open for, uh, uh something that, you know, reasonably priced and, and would be good, uh, you know, a good spot or could be made a good spot. Um, there is one piece right there that would actually uh, basically join, uh, joins both the eight acre piece and that 32 acre piece that I have that, uh, I would really like to own one of these days. It's another uh, 21, almost 22 acres. And it's a thick, thick piece as well. And, uh, it would actually make it a, uh, well, basically a tr- 60 acre triangle there that I, I would, I would own. So I'd, I'd like to have that one day, but, uh, <laughs> I've already asked the, the owners aren't interested in selling as of yet. But, gotcha. but, uh, um, honestly, I'm, I'm happy with what I have and, and between that and, uh, you know, the, I hunt a lot of, uh, of, uh, public ground as well nearby here. And, and, uh, you know, it gives me a good selection. So, uh, but, uh, you know, there's, like I said, it's, it feels good making improvements to a place and then, you know, harvesting something off of there where you put all your, your work into Absolutely. It it really does. Absolutely. So So is, uh, is Houston 
enjoying this whole process as well of getting out and being able to get dirty and plant some food plots and, and cut down some trees and whatnot? Yeah, he's, he's helped me a lot. And, uh, that's really part of what, uh, what we like the most about it is, is, is honestly, I love the, the work that goes into it. Um, you know, to try to make it better that is for, uh, for hunting. So, and he, and he loves it as well. He's, uh, um, out there with me almost every time that I'm out there. So, um, it's uh, the younger ones are, aren't so into it yet, but uh, they, they may be one day. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you got, uh, you got a lot of work left to do and let me be the first to wish you good luck this upcoming season. And I hope all the work that you've done so far pays off uh, for this upcoming season. So good luck to both you and your family on this farm. And, uh, man, I, I hope to do another podcast with you at the end of this upcoming season about some, uh, giant you slammed. Hey, that sounds good. I'd lo- love to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to Chad for taking time out of his day to come on the podcast and chat with us. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for downloading today's podcast, listening to it and sharing it. Uh, If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes and leave a review. You know, go to the Sportsman's Nation Whitetail page, leave a review. Be sure to listen to the Sportsman's Nation Western Hunting Big Game page as well, and uh, take a listen to all the the awesome podcasts that come th- through that uh, feed as well. And be sure to check us out on social media, not only the Nine Finger Chronicles, but the Sportsman's Nation as well. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and uh, please like, share, follow. There's a lot of giveaways that happen on our social media pages. Uh, And don't forget to visit sportsmansnation.com where we not only have every podcast that we've ever launched, but we have blog articles as well some really interesting uh, blog articles as well and we have the youtube channel the sportsman's nation youtube channel as well and uh, go and subscribe to that because once this gets rocking and rolling man we're going to be pumping out videos too so uh, take that into consideration like it all love it all share it all and uh, i tell you what I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the partners of this podcast, Exodus Trail Cameras, Wasp Archery, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, Deer Lab, Prime Archery, Ripcord ARS, Ozonics, and now Hunter Safety Systems. And with that said, if you're going to be in a tree anytime soon, hanging a tree stand, trimming shooting lanes, whatever, please, our friends from Hunter Safety Systems are reminding you to wear your damn safety harness. Have a good rest of the week.